Hello, guys. Hi. Welcome to another episode of When Football Met Soccer, where we talk about all things football on the pitch, off the pitch. Not a lot of games this week, but a few exciting ones. Yes, but a I mean, couple of exciting ones. I was. We kind of were spoiled by having too many games. Yeah, like a lot. There's of games. no such things as too many games. Well, that's true. It, but it was almost like, you know, I got kind of numb to it. It's like every single day there was pretty much a That's game. That's true. And it was and like exciting and you don't know what's going to happen. I do think the summer break helps fans kind of recuperate to get to miss it again. That's so true. So that when the season starts, you're all excited and pumped, ready to go. I would have hoped to have um, like serious international games every year. That would, that would be fun. But that's not the case. Sad. You see, I don't think it makes sense to have, let's say, the Euros every four years. I think it should be every two years or something, right? Like the African Cup. Right. Yeah. It, I don't know why it's every four years. I, think... I don't know, because the Euros are as special as the... Yeah, it's not. No, The it's only not. thing that should be every four years is the World Cup and the Olympics. And also, the Euro went down, like, went down massively in terms of level. It's not as good as it was before. Yeah, I agree. It was much better. Yeah. Now I feel true. like the last World Cup was amazing, so... That's true. It's very hard to beat. I think they should make it. And plus, it means that they would make more money. So I really don't understand why they wouldn't do it. Yeah, I don't know. If they're like trying to compete with FIFA, then maybe they should make it every two years. Right. Or they just think that they're... Because so- FIFA is trying to, to find ways to make money anyways. Like all these new formulas. Of, so the uh, African Cup, you're saying, is every two years? Yeah, African Cup is every what two about years. The, I don't know about the Asian Cup. I think it's also probably every two years. I so think it's just the Euro for some reason. Yeah. freaking bizarre. It's very weird. Yeah, definitely. So we want it to be every two years. But I haven't watched the Euro in a while, no? Because we it's every two years. We watched the England one. Uh, Don't you England, Italy? Yeah, the final. Oh, fuck. And Saka okay. and Rashford. Yeah, and four years is too long, honestly. It feels like a while ago, mm, right? That's true. And it's not as memorable as the World Cup. Of course like, not. It's just World European Cup, countries. I, yeah, like World Cup, I remember it's like I remember every single World Cup. Maybe Russia yeah, yeah. Russia was not as memorable. South Africa, ch- I will it, never forget South it's Africa. It's a childhood defining they Germany uh, it's not as like, memorable. It's almost like milestones in like growing oh, up. Oh, you yeah. kind of also remember it around the world. It's Cup. like the Olympics, yeah, exactly. exactly. Like the two thousand four Olympics in Greece. Like you super stopped famous. watching them. No, no, but I still remember them. Like the China one, the uh, the one in London. Like you remember every location at least. Because it's like a whole event. It's almost like a huge holiday that the whole world celebrates together. Yeah, everyone's watching. It's like, it's, it's, it's interesting. Right. And yeah, so I wish there were more, but I guess that's what makes it special that it's not so often. Yeah, we don't so want frequent. the World Cup to be more Oh, often. no, the World Cup yeah. should say it's. I think really it should just be the World Cup and the Olympics. That's every four years. Mm-hmm. Everything else is not as important. So mm-hmm. you can make it more frequent. I don't really see why the Euros thinks they're so special that they should just be part of the every four-year club. Back to the subject of the day. Let's start with the Europa League final uh, between Sevilla and Roma. I am super happy Sevilla won the Europa League. They deserved it more than Roma, for sure. What a weird game. Seven out of seven. Can you believe it? That's a crazy record. Like, this this Sevilla team is out of this world. They've won seven in the last 17 years, right? Something like that. Yeah, and I think let's just take a second to appreciate this because what they have achieved so far is really not easy. Let's go through the list of big clubs with no European trophies in this decade. Manchester City, PSG, <laughs> Arsenal, Tottenham, Lyon, Roma. Well, Roma had the, their first European title ever last year with Mourinho. Yeah, why are you counting Mourinho. Roma? But I'm just, I just want to give the example of Roma because oh, it's just... okay. Last year, they, they had their okay. first one. Sporting Lisbona and so on and so on and so forth. And Barcelona hasn't won a European title since 2015. While Sevilla's most recent one, 
after like other than this one was in 2019 2020 so it's not even that far so this is crazy and their payroll overall payroll is only 72 million very comparable to roma 89 million nothing compared to psg and all these fucking massive clubs so great great job from sevilla uh, honestly i'm i'm very happy for them they and they had like some tough competition this year maybe they didn't face these teams specifically but they had juventus they had uh, man united there was arsenal there was sporting there was barcelona there was roma obviously leverkusen all what are these you talking teams about? that was a tough road to the final no, it was a tough road to I'm just saying that they haven't faced all of these teams. I'm just saying that Europa League this year gathered maybe I just, more interest. I just don't think they had an easy route to the final. Yeah, no, no, I agree. But I'm just saying Europa League maybe gathered more interest because they were way more like, quote-unquote, yeah, quote-unquote top teams. Yeah, I would agree. Um, and the game specifically was a kind of a weird game, as you said. They were the attacking team. They were better. Uh, I know people keep saying that this is their cup, but they they have si played significantly better than the other teams they faced in the Europa League since uh, Mendilibar mm -hmm. took over. So mm -hmm. let's just be honest, even against Juventus. Uh, and they work really hard. It's definitely a team result. Like, you don't know. I feel like if I go and talk to a lot of people who watch the Premier League, they're not going to know probably a single player in the Sevilla team. I know them more just because I've watched them. And I and I and I keep watching them, but overall they don't have stars. It's like, yeah. uh, and they're all like much older. And I think if you just look at each player individually, they're probably not amazing. But if you look at them as a team, and I think this is the impact of this coach. It's it's a really good team, and I'm so happy for my boys. Obviously, uh, Bono and Nasiri, first Arab players to have two European titles. That's awesome. Two more than Harry Kane. Two more than. Riyad Mahrez. Yeah, but Riyad Mahrez is fine. He's no Harry Kane. Harry Kane is no, one of the... No, but you're saying Arab players. Yeah, yeah, but I'm just saying, yes, I agree. But but when I think about it, it's so more than Harry Kane. It's so more than a lot of players in Tottenham. Well, it's so more than Tottenham as all. Well. Let's just let's just keep Tottenham out of the conversation and go back to... Honestly, I feel bad for Harry Kane. I don't want to make fun of him. He's... He's, he's a great player. He's a great player. All I, this, all I think these, it's extremely unfair. All these news that he may go to Real Madrid, I think... He, Honestly, he would be stupid not to go. Like, yeah. there's the concern that he wants to break the Premier League all-time goal scorer record is a bit weird, bizarre to me because that's just stupid record to keep or to try to break. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so you're so much better going off to Real Madrid. I agree, but I think Daniel Levy has a little bit of a... Hold over him? No, a dilemma. So I have two choices. Either I... Uh, sell him right now and he has a year left and i kind of make some money but the problem is then i have to replace him and it's very hard to replace uh -huh. but there's not a lot of amazing number nines right now right. he's probably the only one and also the crowd is going to be super unhappy with me because i basically sold their favorite player their favorite player in the whole history of the club at the same time if i don't do this then i'll wait in a year's time to so that he can walk as a free agent and i won't make no money apparently uh, they haven't like i think since 2000 uh, i was reading this somewhere since 2020 2019 they haven't sold like any player like they haven't made any money mm. selling players from the transfer yeah from the but transfer window I, I i agree but at the same time kane is the kind of player that if he has the will to leave and there are clubs interested in him mm -hmm. which there are he can leave because yeah, no. they, if they tempt him with a really high price tag, no, it's but not he, like he if, can say if no. they're putting hundred million pounds, then not everyone's gonna pay hundred million pounds. But Madrid would pay it. I am not sure. 
Like, especially Madrid, they had their experience with Hazard. They had their experience with Bale specifically, and they paid a lot for him. So, who knows? Like, I, I think clubs right now, looking at what happened with Chelsea, they would think twice before paying a, a really high price tag, for sure, with yeah. a lot of with a lot of these players. So, I feel like it's a tricky situation for him. And also, I think and I also th- the main thing, I'm sorry, is who is going to go to Tottenham as a massive number nine? When they're not playing for anything, like why would they go to Tottenham? They're not in any European club. But the the, the, uh, goal, the goal of Tottenham now to if they ever need to replace Kane is not necessarily bringing another star. It's to cultivate one. Yeah, but if you don't have a star, then how are you gonna reach the? You can't compete in the Premier League without a star. You need the consistent number nine. And to me, he is the best one. He's better than Haaland for sure. Yeah, he's a no, complete player who scores a lot. Who I mean, has a shit team and still does all. He this. scored thirty goals this season. Was Holland with his scored thirty six? Yeah, with his shit team. Yeah, exactly. So he doesn't have a Kevin De Bruyne. He doesn't have Bernardo Silva. He doesn't have all these amazing players that keep giving him amazing balls. I think if if Madrid had not already bought Bellingham or will be announcing that they bought Bellingham, then they were, there's a higher chance that they would buy Kane. But now that they spent all that money on Bellingham, probably. Kane would be a little bit more of a stretch. But anyway, back to back to Sevilla Roma. Yeah, honestly for me, Bono man of the match, he made some for sure. not even just the penalties, he made some really important saves. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And he has now become the cup goalie of Sevilla. Uh where he doesn't really play in the league, but he's been playing But well, that's in, a recent thing, right? Well, that's what I'm saying. He has become yeah. recently. Uh Maybe it's the manager made a good decision by doing this. He has a lot of experience in knockout tournaments, including his time at the World Cup. Uh, And so I think that played in his favor. And the first goal by Roma was really nice. I think Dybala, who just won a World Cup, it was a great pass from from Mancini, who ended up being the one who scored the own goal. Uh, and it was just funny to me because I thought of you when the he he kicked that own goal in and then Syria was right next to him. Dude, he <laughs> and is, he went- honestly, like, look, I don't think I don't think you guys appreciate. Maybe you don't appreciate how important, like, what Syria does is because it's not like it, it's not it's weird that he participated in two own goals or like three or whatever he's always there he he positions himself really well and he bothers people so that's what happens either he's gonna cause an on goal or everyone's gonna focus on him and forget about the other players and then Lamela's gonna score someone like that he's just like he doesn't do anything tangible but he's a disturbing figure for some reason yeah these defenders get kind of weird around him or something and then in series around oh fuck I don't know how to defend and then you freak out and then you score an own goal you know like Like because he seems to be always there Sevilla Sevilla is always always receiving own goals Always. Like, if I, don't, I haven't made this calculation, but I, from my impression, it's a lot higher than any other team. Yeah, probably. Like, the whole thing... Anyway, it's, it's very weird. It's, it's like... I, I don't know what's happening with the, with the Sevilla team. Apparently, there, is, there, is, um, there, there may be interest from uh, uh, Tottenham to buy him, but I'm not sure. To replace, yeah, to replace Kane if he leaves. Obviously, not the same level. So, I don't know if it would, would work out for him. Honestly, a lot of these... Sevilla players, I don't know if they would do really well, other than Bono, if they leave the club. But Syria is not the kind of player who could go into a team like Tottenham and the Premier League and be able to score goals. I don't think so. But how do you know? But if you give him set pieces, you never know, because that's all he does, right? Yeah, but if, if Tottenham doesn't even manage to get, the, get possession much, how are you going to get all these set pieces? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It's like, it depends on if you want a player who can finish. Not saying that he finishes all the time, but... 
He's not that efficient, but he has no, a quality mm. in the way that he positions himself mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and the way he plays that allows Sevilla to stay in the game or at least be able to come back or be able to score goals sometimes because mm-hmm. he may not be the one scoring the goal, but he's doing something. Yeah, he It's got... some Sevilla mojo that's going on that that's he's true. a part of, you yeah, know? Yeah. That's why they love him, yeah. I mean, he, he definitely helped get them to the, the final right in the Man U game right. so oh I thought you were going to yeah. no I wasn't going to say anything that's weird <laughs> okay uh, wait let's finish talking about Bono yeah so you said that uh, Bono saved two penalties I, th- I thought he was okay no, no, during no, the, the game the second it wasn't he didn't save no, no, it he but did. he would have saved it no no he did he touched it yeah, because so. they asked him. They asked him in the press conference, "Did you touch it?" And he's like, "Yeah, I did." Of but course, you can he's look- gonna say yes. No, but he said, "But you can look at the footage again." Yeah, he like touched it, and I looked at like I read the uh, like other um, like a news outlet that said he touched it. So okay, who, okay. who knows? Sure, sure, sure. But Bono's I think too. I think Bono still. I think he had an average season, very average. I think his quality maybe is that he's a man that you can rely on in really tough situations, stressful situations. The ability for him to save Morocco against Spain and then save Sevilla in this final and then save... He did have that like dizzy spell before that one game during the World Cup. That's the only game. But the other goal, he was really good too. Right, yeah, right, right. I remember Munir. He was, Munir was really but, good. But I'm saying, I don't know if that was out of nerves, though. I, I can't no, say. No, no, no. I think he had like a, a tummy. No, a tummy. he said he was, it was a headache. It was dizzy. Yeah, but it's not. I don't think it was stress. I don't think it was stress. Well, it could be. I'm just saying. Who are they playing? Spain yeah, or like, something? <laughs> was it Spain? No, it was the group stage. They yeah, were, but it, they were well, playing okay. Belgium. Oh, they were playing Belgium? Yeah. Okay. Well, come on. Yeah, Arguably, yeah, Portugal yeah, is yeah. way more stressful. But like I said, because he has experience in these knockout tournaments, I think that really helps him. Yeah. Because even though he's not performing consistently in the league or wasn't this season there's something about him mentally that is able to kind of but the thing is that's not like that's not like entirely correct because he did save Sevilla in even 2019-2020 he helped him he was instrumental in helping them beat Manu I I, I re-watched the highlights of that game and then he was with them in the final as well so he helped them a lot this year he sucked no no I'm, I'm, I'm finishing this year he sucked but it's a combination of Saki defense or like the Saki coach before this one. And also of him maybe not delivering after the World Cup. Because if you look at him last year, he was the best goalie in La Liga. He received that Zamorai, whatever it's called, award. So I, I can't really tell. Like, I think you, you share my feeling as well when someday I say Bono is amazing. And then other days I'm like, what the fuck is this guy doing? He sucks. So I'm... I, but when you have moments like this, when he really comes they through, matter, right? this is what sticks out that's to fans, true, right? Yeah. They will just remember. And that's what matters more, right? right? That, they will remember that Bono got them to win this final. Mm-hmm, like not all, obviously true. not all on him, but he was so instrumental that that's what's going to, you know, help them. That's what I they're going to remember when they think of Sevilla, when they think of Bono. And so going mm-hmm. forward, he may fuck up, you know, during the season but at least they have they will remember fondly of him and then if he as opposed to if he didn't even have this then yeah they're probably they're gonna want him out of the team probably i agree but definitely not the best goalie in the world maybe he's among the best goalies but a bit far i would say Ter Stegen, courtois and then uh, chetsky mm-hmm. these are like to me these are the best goalies um i, I want to talk a little bit about the the manager the, the team itself hasn't had a great season as we said but that whole changed with the when Mendelebar uh, came. Uh, since the new manager, I think they've only lost three games, this, which is which is amazing. He doesn't have a, a, an amazing record. This is his first kind of like major title. He's been a, a like a manager for like a lot of Segunda Division teams like Alaves, Ebar, 
and Levante, and his only other title is the Segunda Division title in 2006, 2007. Wow. So nothing from there. Isn't that like mental? It's it's really crazy. And But this guy is super organized. He knows how like he's like apparently has a very strong personality. He like, he literally changed the team. I used to watch them before and after. It's completely new team. So great job. I'm really happy for them. But I want to talk a little bit about all this fucking drama with Mourinho. Mourinho? Yeah, I mean... It's it's I think it's it's ridiculous. I've I I watched him when he was he knew, when he used to coach uh, Madrid and yeah. he used to do the same shenanigans against Chelsea Pep. Chelsea too, yeah. I honestly I think he fucked up his team a little bit because they were playing really well. Then uh, he subs off Dybala and Tommy Abraham. Maybe it's because they're not like uh, physically fit. But then the, he just decides to park the bus, not like to attack a little bit more. And maybe that's his strategy all the time. And instead of focusing on the game, he's going to focus on the referee and then say all these random sh- shit about the referee during the game and after the game mm-hmm. and insult him. So I don't know. I just feel like he ruins the game. Yeah, and it makes it not fun to watch. Yeah, like just stop doing that. Like it, this is like, why would the ref, what is the ref? He's the, he's the, he's the famous ref. Anthony what? Taylor. Anthony Taylor. Like why would he have anything against Roma? And anything for Sevilla. Like, I don't think he cares, right? It's it's a difficult, like, all these handballs, and you saw that handball, right? A lot of people, a lot of journalists said it's not a handball. And other people, but I think most people said it's not a handball. There will always be controversies over this, saying people saying that the ref was bought or biased against another one. But the, the way you resolve that is not how Mourinho goes about it, right? Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. he he confronts Anthony Taylor, the ref, and screams at him, like, in the par- parking lot. So, like, you go out of your way it's to track him down, to, 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 to talk to him into the parking calling him a disgrace. And did you see also videos of Anthony Taylor with his family at the airport? So he was harassed by Roma fans. No way. Like they were like the security had to get them into like the security guards had to get them through security because the Roma fans were just trying to like hit them or like scream no at them oh and not just God. him his wife and his kids. So he encourages to, this exactly stuff. because once he does it the fans feel more emboldened mm-hmm. to also go after the ref and things like that. You can say oh he should be disciplined, he should be blah 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 because his decisions were not correct. That's all fine, but to to harass them like physically and verbally like that, like it's just not it's it's not okay. I don't know. I just think it sets a really horrible example and these shenanigans it's not cute anymore. No, it's not. It's not like he's been doing it for years and years. And it's just it's just not like it's just not helpful to anyone. And also, we should talk about the the action itself, because some of some referees are sometimes make horrible mistakes and they actually get punished for them. They will be right. stopped. Yeah, from yeah, yeah. This is not a horrible mistake. If you listen to a lot of journalists, they will tell you it was not a penalty. And some most of them, some of them will tell you, oh, maybe it was. But it's just this. It's, this, it's ridiculous. This uh, the handball rule. Right. Because it's it was very close to his uh, to his body, right? Like, what is he gonna do with this? So it's like it's like very tricky. All these handballs right now that are changing games materially, and then, sure. I don't think that's a good idea, right? Like every time someone touches or like the ball touches his hand, oh, it's a penalty. Like, and I think journalists talk about this all the time. They also it always kind of, it, do, it does ruin it a bit, right? But we were gonna talk about it because the same thing kind of happened during the the FA Cup today, which you know I'll say, but but. I agree, and there is a degree of showing your anger and ter- temper, showing that you care, and it is provocative, mm-hmm. and it gets your eyeballs on you, it gets attention. You know how like when Klopp. right, and yeah. you know when remember when Zidane did that thing during the World Cup final that got him sent off with the a red head, card, the, the header. Head, yeah. People thought at the time that it was a horrible decision. He was really hot-headed. He shouldn't have done that. It ruins him. He comes back from retirement to play the game, yeah. but no, it made him who he is. Right, but. 
he's not like that all the time. Right. It's like one well, thing that time. happened oh. and because he blew up, right. But imagine if he did that every single game. Like, come on, Apparently, everyone would hate him. Apparently the guy said something about his mom or something. His sister. Or his, his sister. sister. Okay. Yeah, he, he provoked him for sure. But but doesn't matter. I'm just saying like, that's okay because, well, not okay, but you know what I mean. Like it's, mm-hmm. it's a one-off. It's like you showed your anger in that one situation and you paid for it. Mm-hmm. But he, this is a personality trait in which he displays it you know, over and over again. Yeah. He says really crazy, ridiculous things at press conferences. And like, even after this game, he says he wants to stay at Roma, uh, but I also deserve more. I'm really tired to be manager, head of communication, face of the club, going yeah, to say, we've the been robbed. Ego. It's just like, Ugh. dude, you're way too involved because basically you're too stringent. You're too demanding. And so whatever the club does, you're not happy mm-hmm. with. So you just go you know, over them and do and say what you want. And yeah. that's why you're like, oh, I'm tired of being, doing everything. I'm tired of doing, being the head of the club, the head of communications. Well, you don't have to. The problem is it's very hard to get rid of him now because the fans love him. And obviously he gave them the first European title ever. And he also got them to the final of the Europa League. So it's a big deal. But at the same time, they're ranked sixth in Syria. Two years successively. So last year and this year, they're sixth. Yeah, with so it's the, not a great with result. With the Juventus bump, like, Exactly. Drop. So it's not, a, it's not a great result either. So I don't know what Roma will do. I don't think his contract is up. He probably has uh, like... He has a, a year and a half is, left Yeah, so year, I don't know what left. they will do. But I just think that all, like, all this behavior is very childish. And also, what matters is that like, it's not like they were losing. Like 1-1, one, one, you still have penalties. Like, you still have the whole game. Why didn't you win the penalties, okay? Did the referee fuck you in the penalties? No, they didn't fuck you. So maybe you should have done better, prepared better for the penalty and, like, stop finding excuses. I don't know. It just just ruins the game. It really does. And did you see he also threw his medal to the fan? It's horrible. 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 Like, Like, being second in the Europa League... Barcelona doesn't have that. A lot of... Brighton never had that. He should be way more angry about his performance in the league. Because... I mean, and he made the excuse that he was focusing on the Europa League. And so at a, did, at yeah, a certain point, true. he kind of dropped out of Syria because he felt like, oh, maybe I won't even make top four. So what's the point? Right. Mm-hmm. And so he rested a lot of these players. And you can tell that he was subbing off, you know, Tammy Abraham and all that because it seemed like they were tired. They weren't performing because what? They're not used to playing 90 minutes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's weird, right? Yeah, it's very weird. And also, like, I don't know. I just it just you you would think that he is. Like, being second in Europa League is beneath him. Like, for him to throw that to the fan just like that. I just feel like, honestly, if I were UEFA, I would, like, sanction him somehow. Because even the act of throwing that to the fan is extremely disrespectful. disrespectful. Yeah. yeah. Massive rant. Sorry, guys, but I feel like we should... Necessary. We should call it out. Necessary. I think very necessary. And, I mean, come on. Managers are always angry. They're always mm-hmm. yelling. But not to this level. No. Never, no, to, this, Klopp, never to this look level. Look at Klopp. Look at all of them. They're always all yelling. All the Premier League, all the La Liga, all the, the German managers. Like, come on. They're always yelling at the side. They're always, you know, gesturing and saying crazy stuff once in a while. And they get in trouble. And they have to come out and apologize, you know? Yeah. And how how... Maybe like also being called special one gets to your head. No, it gets like no one. Nobody's calling Pep the special one, and he probably should be the special one. No disrespect to other. I coaches. mean, he gets called other superlatives. But... Yeah, but like special one is pretty good. No, yeah. I don't know what's better. But yeah. anyway. Yeah. We want to congratulate City for winning Woo-hoo! the FA Cup this year against United two one. Uh, you were bored, I understand, because... Wait, weren't you? Yeah, it wasn't the most exciting game. It, fe- it felt like it 
it felt like just like a league game or something. No, I think it's just because it was balanced. I think that's more like my raid was really organized defensively. And so it was a little I, bit balanced. I it was not like one team that was really superior. I agree in a way that, yes, and City didn't have as many attacking opportunities as I was expecting them to have. That's for a reason, right? Because right. Man United, I think, was more organized. Right. Uh, so talking about the goal, so the first one, fastest FA Cup goal ever. I think it was in the 12th second. Um, you could see that Holland is really getting involved in different ways. Mm -hmm, he was the mm -hmm. one who wins that header from Ortega, mm -hmm. and goes, that led to the goal. He goes back. Right, yeah. exactly, exactly. And then, he, so he, I think he passed it to De Bruyne, who, mm -hmm, who gave it mm -hmm. to uh, Gundo. Gundo, I just noticed this. He keeps having very average, quiet first half of the season, and then he somewhat he somehow shows up in the second, in the latter half of the season to be very crucial mm -hmm. to winning games and winning cups and all that. It's very strange to me because he's had a spectacular couple of weeks where he just keeps scoring goals. He's not even a number nine, but for some reason, he always finds these opportunities. So I'm, honestly, I'm very happy for him. I mean, last year, he was amazing. No? But yeah, but I'm saying in the beginning, he's kind of quiet. But in the beginning, it wasn't just him. It was the whole like City team was really Yeah, weird. but for some reason, in the beginning, at the end, he always just shows up. It, this has happened several, I think a few years in, uh, in, in a row. These, great, great. The, really good performance. The United penalty is related to what we're talking about, the handball thing, because I think that handball, people would disagree about whether that's a penalty or not. I, I don't think it's a penalty. Me neither, because I think what his hand, when his when he was coming down, his hand yeah. action wasn't, is not so, it's not so objectively natural or unnatural. I can't mm -hmm. really, I, I don't think it's that obvious. And didn't right? he barely touch his hand? Yeah, right. And he wasn't even looking like at the, the tip of his hand. And you can see he wasn't looking at the ball. He wasn't mm -hmm. looking at the ball mm -hmm. trying to, you know. And so it's fine. Okay, you give the penalty. I had no doubt Bruno Fernandes was going to make that penalty. He's a really good penalty taker. And also at the same time, I do think Ortega probably lacks a bit of experience. He doesn't play all the time. So And Scott Carson is the third goalie who never plays. He's like there for the vibes. He's literally there for the vibes. He oh, got he resigned, he resigned his contract, but every City player loves him. They're like, we can't have Scott leave because he's so fun. He keeps the yeah, atmosphere but, so great. But, you don't want to be just called the... You want to be called... But if he's happy... Imagine, sure. You can earn a decent amount of money and never do true. anything. That's true. Right? But then it doesn't prepare you for like... You need practice, no? He or practices. else you're never going to move to the... I'm sure, but maybe he doesn't have those ambitions. No, but I mean practicing in a in a practice scenario is not the same as practicing in real life. You need to practice in real life to be able to do well in real life. So yeah, that penalty is fine. And actually it gave United a bit of momentum because I think after that penalty, they started they attacking better. more. True. They were playing better. Yeah. That second goal uh, by Gundo in the second half, a lot of people, even the Arab commentators yeah. were really sh going after De Gea. Non-stop, non-stop. And did you see, so people were reporting that Peter Schmeichel had a word with him after the game and he even was saying on TV, like that was, he fucked up, like he should have saved that. I goal. don't think so. Is that Was that clear to you? I think he could have done better. Yeah, but it wasn't like, Oh my god, it's like... No, it wasn't goalie. so blatant. It yeah, wasn't so blatant. Because it wasn't one-on-one. -on -one. There were defenders. Yeah, like like Ederson had, has made worse mistakes. Yeah. Also, as a goalie, I've never played football, so I really can't say. But I'm... I, I Like, it is usually, right? Like, if there are defenders need, in front of you... You need to position yourself. It's not really also just on you, right? Yeah, And yeah, also yeah, defenders, sure. yeah, if no, they I know agree. that the, they can't catch, they need to move out of the mm -hmm, way mm -hmm. so that the goalie can see where the goal is, uh, the the, ball is coming the from. The thing is, they blame him for the Man United-Sevilla game, and now they blame him for this. But I just think that he receives so much hate. 
Like for a guy, like even everyone seems to discount his 16 uh, clean sheets this year and the fact that he made some crucial saves this year. Like it's out of this world saves. Sorry, you, you were going to sneeze. I burped. And he made some crazy saves this year and everyone is discounting that. So I don't know why people hate on him so much. It's almost like they think it's fun, but I don't really see it. Because he's not the kind of character where it's fun to shit on. Yeah, he's like a I very really calm person. He's been with the team for 10 years. To, he, he by 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 every measure he had a fantastic year this year. It's just that people tend to focus. Why didn't you score then? Two to one. Why are you blaming him for that one goal and why couldn't exactly. you score back? Because Ederson doesn't get that much hate because City manages to win games. Exactly. So now because Rashford is shit today and they don't have any backup for Rashford and obviously Uyghurs is no. Everyone's saying that he's not to the level of the Premier League or Man mm -hmm. United, which is which is kind of absolutely true. It's fine. Not everyone deserves or not everyone can play at in Man United or Man City. No one's focusing on uh, on them on the fact that the attack was shit, right? And everyone's like, "Oh, Dichia fucked up, Dichia fucked up." Honestly, I just think he needs to move on at this point. It's an easy scapegoat. I think I think United is definitely considering getting the, rid of uh, him. The, uh, Ten Hag said it. He said. Oh, we need more competition in the... For sure. Yeah. yeah. I mean, if you say you need more competition, then obviously... He should, he yeah, just... obviously he doesn't think you're the first goalie. He probably doesn't think that you're amazing or that you're really good because or else I don't think a manager would say that. So maybe they should get Bono or they should get that guy Onana because maybe Bono would work for them. I have no idea. Yeah, I mean, as much as people hate on De Gea, I think he would still be a really good goalie and he deserves to go to a team yeah, where he's, yeah, number, he, where he's the number of, one goalie. There's a lot of teams that would probably love to have him. Exactly. So they could either get Bono, get that Onana dude from, I think, Inter, or get even Kepa. I think I don't think Chelsea wants Kepa. And I don't think Kepa's that bad either. So, I don't know. I feel like it's unfair. I think he's had a, gr a great year. But anyways, I think what, what, what Man United need is that they need to get a better like they need to get a, a replacement for Rashford when he's not good like they don't have any other player that can score other than Rashford because so, they were really honest so when S Sancho didn't do anything mm -hmm. as always as we discussed before one of the highest play I think he's the if not the highest paid mm -hmm. player Which is very in United, weird, huh? he subbed off he, he subbed off Sancho and replaced him with Garnacho, who I actually think is probably the highlight of that team yeah, today. This year. No, this year, the whole yeah, year. Like exactly. He, he, he really a, made a, a difference. He almost scored several times. He really makes a difference. I think he has a lot of potential, that mm -hmm. kid. Um, as much as I find his like face very annoying, as I do with a lot of United players. But, right, they, I, it really is. They're weak in every department, if I think about it. They're, they don't have a striker who score goals. Midfield, they cannot compete with a team. Like, City didn't play yeah, that well. But it still can't play. They still don't, they, you mm -hmm. can't rely on Bruno Fernandes and Casemiro all the time. There needs mm -hmm. to be other players. Christensen is not... It's, it's Christensen, right? Yeah, he's, he's not okay. that good. He's he's okay. not, mm -hmm. He doesn't contribute that much as, as much as Casemiro does or as True. much as Bruno Fernandes does. And defensively, they're not fantastic either. Like, you have Luke Shaw who's been playing a lot better. But but they were okay defensively. It's just Today, because they, defensively, the yes. first goal, like, it's there's nothing you can do about right, it. Right, and right. the second one is a Shaw from outside the box. I so. just meant... As a season in, in as a whole. If mm -hmm. anything, I would argue that maybe defensively they're the least weak. That's true. That's uh, very because true. you I have agree. you have flaws, you have weaknesses like in Harry Maguire and stuff. Yeah. But true. at the same time, they have also Va really Va solid players like Varane. Mm -hmm. Varane um, Lissandro, like uh, he's injured. Lissandro, right, exactly. Yeah, but like this year, you, you agree that they're amazing this year is because Rashford had an amazing year. Like there's a huge part right. of it is that right. right. If Rashford is not having a good year, then they're, they're a little bit fucked. 
Right, because they, like I said, I think they just rely really heavily on Bruno Fernandes and Casemiro, and the two of them cannot keep scoring every he time. He does a lot, Bruno Fernandes. He Let's really does. He does no, a lot. He's a great he player. scores penalties, makes amazing passes. Like, as much as I hate him as a player and he's annoying, but he's fantastic. I mean, as like his face and all his demeanor, but like he is such a good player. Ten Hag needs to address the fact that his players have really poor tempers and they keep fouling and I think they get lucky for not getting booked and stuff mm, but today the, Casemiro yeah, Fred was, like the, no the, who did the first one against um, was it De Bruyne no like against Akanji yeah against Akanji I think it was either Casemiro or some that was a red card like it, like that was clearly a red card that was clearly like I don't understand sure it Casemiro. yeah Casemiro like that was like the guy was not even going for the ball yeah. Like, it could have been a massive injury that should have been a red card. And I feel like they do that a lot. And Fred Fred fouls so much. And he was only booked in, like, the 70, 80th minute. It, it, I, I don't really don't understand that. I, I think it's also on the manager. You need to tell your players to stop making mm-hmm. these tackles and fouls. It's, just, it's, like, ridiculous. I'm a bit worried about next Saturday in the Champions League final. Because I don't know why, if City's performance today was a reflection, was tactical in the way that Pep didn't want them to go all out. Mm-hmm. He kind of restrained them a bit. I think they didn't. I agree. Or they're just, they have tied legs because they've been on such a long run this year and they're tired. Because in the midfield today, they were not that solid. They lost possession a lot. Uh, Rodri and De Bruyne were not as effective and fast and sharp as, like, especially De Bruyne. Uh, I say John Stones is definitely... M- my pick of probably the best player besides Gundogan because he did a really good job. He's so important. He played yeah. even, I think, a more important role than De Bruyne and Rodri today, just today, mm-hmm. maybe not other games. Uh, and that is also really thanks to Pep Guardiola because mm-hmm. he really changed that player. He moved him up as a midfield pivot and that has really worked. And I think the lineup for next Saturday is probably going to be identical, maybe save Ortega, like Ederson's going to play. But I think it's going to be the same. I'm a bit worried because they're either really tired or something's some spark is lost or whatever because today they really didn't dominate by any means. United was just as much in the game, I would say. I don't think City quote-unquote deserved to win. I think they got lucky as well. No, no, they deserved to win. I just think that he was careful. Because he is saving his energy for the Champions You can tell from the game. There was no intensity. There was no right. hunger to win. But that's the reason, right? Like, I don't want to go Perhaps. all out for, like, the FA Cup. Like, I've won it before. I've never won the Champions League. It's such an important deal to me. So I'm probably going to focus more on it now. They still have a lot of players. Like, if they just play Alvarez and Mahrez and even Foden, only they're going to be hungry, they're fine. Right? They're really fine. I don't... I don't I'm I'm still very bullish. I think that they're gonna win against Inter, and I just think that he was trying to achieve the re- the the that that win with the lowest Amount resources of energy, and they did expended. Yeah, I I I was surprised at how much this meant to Guardiola because he was crying. You rarely see him crying when he wins a cup. I mean, or maybe it's because it's, it's getting clo- close to travel. Maybe. I mean, he talked about afterwards in an interview saying, oh, I really love this club. I wasn't born to love this club. I was born to love Barcelona because I'm from Barcelona. I'm a Barcelona fan. But now I'm also a City fan. I'm a mm-hmm. City fan for life because, you know, and, and the fact that it's a derby, maybe he really feels it. I don't know. I have no idea. But he was really crying. It's so emotional. Yeah. It's I think really... it's his best year uh, ever uh, with, with City. City, for sure. Yeah, yeah I, for sure. I think I agree. If, but we can't really say that until next Saturday. If they don't win... Right? Yeah. So they're saying that if they don't win, 
Guardiola, it's up to Guardiola about what the parade's going to happen. So even though they won the Premier League, they may not even have the parade because he feels perhaps that it's, there's no point if they don't win the Champions League. But uh, I would also like to say congratulations to Wrexham player Paul Mullen, who wins this season's FA Cup's Golden Bowl for scoring the most goals in the competition, oh, which is nine goals. So well done to him. Great job. I think against <laughs> Sheffield, probably against Sheffield United, right? I don't remember who they played. Yeah, they, is they, that, they, they got, got knocked, knocked out. out. Mm. Oh, yeah, there no, were a lot of goals in that game, I do remember. But yeah, yes. 3 3, on, on he, they had to play it again. He won the Golden Bowl, so good for Great him. Great job, Mullins. <laughs> um, and also, uh, I just want to point out how much I love Grealish because you saw me watching that video of him oh. in the dressing room. They were celebrating in the city, dress, in the city dressing room, and uh, at one point, um, I think it's a kit, kit man. Yeah, he I was sliding on the floor and he like slid into his bag and he's like, Watch my Gucci bag, fucking hell. Jamie Tart. I know, exactly. By the way, Pep Guardiola made an appearance in the ninth episode last week, and Mm -hmm. I forgot to mention it in last week's episode, and I was so annoyed and pissed off by myself, and I told Hamza that I think we should do a whole episode just dedicated on Ted Lasso. You were obsessed with Ted Lasso. During the season break, because there's no football going on. So So there's imaginary football. We might as well just talk about how amazing Ted Lasso is. So I guess that's all for the two trophies that were won this week. Mm -hmm. Also, congratulations to the women's team, Barcelona, for winning the Champions League against Wolfsburg. Remontada. Remontada, 3-2. Fantastic. Um, you know, you know they they were unbeaten for like a really long time, and then they suddenly like lost the game, mm-hmm. like maybe three weeks ago. They were unbeaten for like months and months. Superior to the men's team, clearly. Oh, in really superior. They're they're fantastic. Yes, and also they have Alexia, right? Yeah, so. who were who was subbed in the yeah. 90th, 90th yeah, minute exactly. or eighty nine minute. So I don't really understand. <laughs> yeah, that. we don't follow women's football enough, clearly. Let's talk about Chelsea's new coach. Chelsea has hired, uh, or Chelsea have hired, Mauricio Pochettino as a new manager. Pochettino will take up the role on um, July 1st mm-hmm. after agreeing to a two-year contract. Uh, a little bit short, in my opinion. Reasonable. Yeah, I think... I Compared thought it, to Bo- Todd Bowley's track record, this is very reasonable. Yeah, but I thought he would be given more time to work on his quote-unquote project. project. Uh, with the club having the option of keeping him on for a further year. It's his first coaching role since leaving PSG. I think, uh, yeah, he left PSG in July 2022. Uh, and he had five and a half years uh, with Tottenham, where he basically led them to a Champions League final and they didn't win it, mm-hmm, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's a good decision by Chelsea. He has a strong personality. Uh, apparently, when he was hired by Levy, he told him, uh, I don't want you to meddle in what happens in the locker right. room. I don't want you to call players and tell them uh, this is how the game should be played and all of that. And all of that. So I think he's going to require... A little bit of independence from Todd Bowley, which is, I think, what was the main issue with all these coaches that basically had no personality. And Todd was interfering without knowing anything about football. And But I do think he has an impossible mission. It's very... I, I don't see how he's going to be able to get rid of so many players and decide who to keep. And he's already doing it. I, don't, I, I know he is, but it's just like... To me, it's, it's super complicated. So... Apparently, he told both Felix and Zakaria uh, to go back to their respective clubs, Atletico Madrid and Juventus. I was surprised about Joe Felix. I don't know about you. I thought he... I think he wanted to stay, though. No. Pers- I, personally, he wanted to stay. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure the fans wanted him to stay. So I don't know why uh, Joe Felix... Uh, and you just looked at this uh, thing that I pulled up about 
uh, where it, it's a graphic of the men who could go on the left side, what they paid, and on the right, what they want back. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, exactly. And a list of players that could leave Chelsea this transfer window. Yeah, and at the top of the list, obviously, Christian Pulisic and uh, Hakim Ziyech. <laughs> so apparently, the boss. This could... this is not. But they up bought to date. Oh no, no, just kidding. It's not in order of. Price. It's not in order. No, okay. no. So they bought Pulisic for fifty-eight million pounds. Apparently, they could sell him for twenty-five million. And maybe Napoli and Juventus are interested. Ziyech bought him for thirty-seven. They're probably going to sell him for fifty million pounds. I'm not sure they're going to get this price. The Kovacic deal is pretty much set already, though. Then he's going to go to Man City. Yeah, pretty right. much. Yeah, I Which think, is... and people are saying that it's because Ben City wants to break the Croatia curse. In every single winning team of the Champions League in the last eleven years, I believe there was a Croatian playing. Damn. And so okay. City is cursed, <laughs> apparently. So. I mean, I don't know uh, why they want to get rid of Kovacic. I think he's a fantastic player. So good for City for scooping a great player. But they claim that it's no relation to either Gundo or Bernardo Silva leaving. But more more great players for City yeah, to have on uh, on the bench. He seems like he would be a bench player at this point, though. So yeah, yeah, but you never know with uh, yeah, with Pep. He always changes. Yeah. they're also gonna get rid of Kante. Apparently, yeah. he might go mm-hmm. to Man United or Barcelona. So you have also Koulibaly, and I, I don't know why they would want to loan him to Juventus. I think he's a fantastic defender. Mendy, we haven't seen him in ages. Yeah, I don't know he's, what he's gonna doing. leave. He's gonna leave. Yeah, I mean he was. At some point, he was the best goalie. He won the Africa Cup with Senegal. He was amazing. He won the Champions League with them. Then suddenly, he disappeared. I mean, he, did he suddenly become a, a horrible goalie? I don't know what really happened. Of course, there is the Obama Yang, as you call him. So, Obama Yang, yeah. I don't know what that guy is going to do. He's either going to go to Barca, Saudi, or MLS. It's, it's, it's effectively a long list. And I don't know how he's going to be able to... He definitely needs to have a strong personality to be able to tell a lot of these players... Go away, I don't need you. And there's also Lukaku who forget- might... This list is forgetting one very important person, Kai Havertz. That's true. Kai Havertz is apparently Madrid's number one interest. Why? Ancelotti himself really, really rates him for some reason. And they, they may be paying up to 80, 90 million for him, which to me what? is insane. I don't... There's this, no way yeah, this is possible. But apparently they're really set on having getting Kai Havertz. So but the, the, the thing is, Chelsea has no bargaining chip. So why would Madrid and why would Fiorentino Perez specifically pay so much money well, when he has all the, all the power? Like, so apparently, according to the Daily Mail, Chelsea is hoping to raise as much as £280 million, pounds, which would see 15 players depart in total, with 10 players living for a, P, for a fee. So I think they're going to have a really hard time uh, selling players for like but clubs a are always price. the clubs are already seem to be interested in the players that they want to get rid of though which is surprising to me because i thought that they would be depreciated uh, they wouldn't be able to afford their wages i mean and all that i mean stuff. there's no like firm interest we have to wait and see in the transfer i window. think mount is pretty like you, you know, think so yeah mount because is, I, because i had a feeling like pochettino is gonna come back and have a conversation with all of them like the only one that's confirmed is joao felix and zachary mount apparently turned down a two hundred thousand per week salary from chelsea he really wants to leave oh but i thought he was like from the academy in chelsea no but best. he's really changed his mind mm. so the contract ne- the contract negotiations have not been going well with chelsea and it maybe he got pushed over the edge i'm not sure but mm-hmm. it really seems like the deal between Matt and united is going to happen and also kai havertz i think is not going to stay i don't think pochettino is going to want him to stay anyway mm-hmm. and so i think he's definitely leaving Ooh. and then what if he wants the issue to stay 
Imagine. He just tells Ziyech to stay. Stay for another year. That would be so weird. I hope no, he doesn't. No, Ziyech needs to leave. Uh, and Kovic is, yes, for sh- almost for sure going to Man City, and it seems like. However, like, interestingly enough, they could make some money because they have, I think, four or five players from the academy that they could sell. Mount, Gallagher, apparently someone wants to pay 40 million. Newcastle apparently is really 40 million, interested in Gallagher. 40 million so. pounds for Gallagher. So, okay, maybe I don't understand football that well. Well, that's what I'm saying. There are interests in it, Chelsea it's, players. It's very weird. Chaloba as well and uh, Loftus Chick. So... Loftus Sheik is going to Milan. That's almost pretty sure. Oh, really? AC Milan. Yeah, Yeah, so honestly, I'm not going to trust all these transfer news until uh, the Italian do the... Uh, yeah, post, posts about it. So here we go. I'm, I'm gonna, as he says, here we go. So I'm gonna wait. But it's just gonna be interesting to see what's gonna happen in the transfer window. I feel like Chelsea's gonna basically give the the market so many players, and I I think it's gonna be interesting to see how it's gonna uh, pan, it out. pan out. Yeah. No, I'm I'm looking forward to it. But it's a good thing he's already taking action. Yeah, yeah. So that he wants to get a head start on on the players that he needs to. I mean, that's his biggest job too. How how is he going to decide on a starting eleven? He needs to dwindle and, down and his team. And he's buying. That's the problem. So he can't decide. Apparently, uh, striker options for him is Osimhen uh, and Lautaro Martinez. Yeah, yeah, and Lautaro Martinez. And he's also looking for goalkeepers, David Raya and Onana. So I I don't know. I just feel like it's it's a bit of a shit show. You want to get rid of a few players. You want to keep a few players. You want to buy new players, even though you just spent six hundred million. So good thing we're not sporting directors and managers. So I know, right? Good luck for him. He might have some success. I think Chelsea fans are some are a little hesitant because he hasn't really won any a lot of major yeah, trophies. Yeah, and he you know, was with Tottenham, their their rival. So I, I that's think, a stupid argument. That's, that's what some people say. I mean, I'm sorry. I think that's a stupid argument. And plus, like. They are players that also go to the rival club, you know? That's true. So, just... The I just... coach doesn't... Yeah, but I, ne- I never think Mourinho would, te- would coach Barcelona. Like, Barcelona and Madrid, I don't think... I, I don't know if they ever swap coaches. No, no, coaches. that's true. That's true. A- anyways, anyways, I think it's going to be tough for him. So, good luck. I, I, I still believe that it's going to be a better year uh, next year for Chelsea because he's a better coach. So, let's see, let's see what happens. Other things that I wanted to mention is... Um, Hakimi, please leave PSG, please, please. I just watched their game today. Horrible, horrible. Like no, nobody cares. Nobody wants to play anymore there. So M- Messi is leaving, and Ramos is leaving. Yeah, as Messi well. and Ramos are officially leaving. Messi on it. I really respect Messi because he could have. He could always make a big deal out of things. He could always say because he, he got booed again to this season. And I think Thierry Henry said it. He is the only player to score and assist as many goals as he does in a season and still get booed by the 16 fans. 16 assists and, and 16, 16 goals. goals. Right. I mean, that just never happens, right? Like, yeah. who gets booed by having that kind of performance? And, you know, all the stuff that has happened, like, in terms of, like, he had to come out and make that apology in his, you know, ratchet little whatever recorded in a suit right and so he still came out very respectful thank you so much for the city for the fans you know he, he could have made a bit he could have made a big deal out of he's it a, he's, he's, you know he's a bigger man he's, exactly yeah. he never you know takes attention from that way which i really respect and good for him ha- hakimi i feel like Hakimi's too involved with his personal life right yeah now. but he's really like i think he's performing at 40 percent or 30 percent of his capacity at a phd of what he could give to Inter to like what he gave an intern in Dortmund. Apparently, he's going to go back to Inter. So, uh, the other rumors is the transfer rumors of Benzema to Saudi. I feel like uh, every day there is a I think trans- he's going to leave. Yeah, but I feel like every day there's transfer news of some uh, big player to the Saudi league. So, who knows? Uh, tomorrow, as well as the Africa Champions League final between Wydad and Ahli, uh, 
really hoping for uh, with that twin. It's the first leg, so it's a little bit weird. There's, it's a final, but that's two legs, one in Cairo and one in Casablanca. And the last thing is that I wanted to mention is that tomorrow is the last, last La Liga match day. So Barcelona is going to be playing tomorrow. Hopefully they can actually break the record of clean sheets and the number of goals per received per game. So now uh, Ter Stegen holds the uh, joint, the, the joint yeah, the joint clean sheet record of 26 uh, clean sheets, which is already amazing. And he also holds the record with the same guy, Liano from Deportivo La Coronia, of uh, 17 goals, I think, in uh, 37 games or 0 0.472 or 73 uh, uh, goals per game. So really hope tomorrow they can break the record not for fucking barcelona but for their shaking because he has been amazing this year and also obviously there is the conference final and the champions league final next week yes and when we were on the transfers news we forgot to say uh eden hazard is also officially leaving real madrid so oh i saw that i mean <laughs> that's important come on it's very important they're getting rid of one of their highest paid players who hasn't paid at all, who apparently has a horrible relationship with Ancelotti, mm -hmm. and apparently w still wanted to stay at Madrid, but no, they yeah, didn't want him. And, uh, I, I think he's going to retire. No think, club I no think, club is going to take him. I think him. he does. I think the, the best choice is just to retire. Yeah. yeah. When you think about it, it's a sad story, though. It is. Yeah, he was amazing at Chelsea, Chelsea. Such a good player. And then all of a sudden, he comes to Madrid with all these hopes and... Nothing works it's out. It's sad. You can see his face every time mm -hmm. when he's on the bench or like when he's, you know. Then again, he still has a lot of money, so good for him. He's going to be all right. And he's won a lot of trophies. That's true. So. A Champions League as well. Yeah, it's not like Harry Kane. Yeah. <laughs> we feel bad for Sorry, Harry. Harry. I'm sorry. I'm really sorry. I apologize. Okay. Well, we hoped you enjoyed this episode. If you liked it, please give us a five-star review wherever you're listening from. And we'll talk to you in the next one. Bye. Bye.